This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Coming up on a Friday, Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Save that. Save that. Halfway home on a Friday, if we have any listeners left after our NFL picks segment. San Diego is buzzing after that segment. Man, we don't even have an NFL team here. (laughs) Makes it even better. I hope at least it would be entertaining for people to follow along and see which one of us looks like an idiot. I don't know. No, the answer is all three of us, as usual. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, Woodsy. That's Paul Rindle. He's our executive producer. Woods was already. We went to the bathroom during the break. You were already changing your picks in your mind. <laughs> yeah, well, you I were s- that strong with your selections that you're <sighs> second and now third guessing yourself already. Now I'm third guessing myself. I just saw a report out of Buffalo. You guys, <laughs> the winter storm watch in Buffalo, and uh, they're saying potential 65 mile an hour winds. Good God! How do you, how do you throw in that? Not well, I would imagine. Good luck kicking uh, a field goal. They said, yeah, they said <laughs> travel is next to impossible. So I'm assuming that it's Friday and uh, the game is on, on, that game is on Sunday. I'm assuming the Steelers are, are there potentially, maybe in Buffalo right now. Um, obviously, the Bills are, are there in Buffalo. Uh, but 65 mile an hour winds, a foot of snow expected as well. Look, we see it all the time in the NFL. Like they're going to figure it out, and people—the people from Buffalo—they'll figure out how to get. Bill's Mafia is not going to wake up and go, "I'm not going." They'll it's still be jumping cold. off trucks onto folding tables, no doubt. in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there will be people there. It's going to be a really uncomfortable experience. And then in Kansas City, they're talking about a wind chill of negative thirty degrees or something. Good. Now that's the one where I go, that's just unsafe. I've seen some criticism that they're keeping that game at night after dark, that at least move it like into the daytime when there's some sun out to warm people who are going to the game for safety purposes. <laughs> I, I think that's a bit of a fair criticism. You can't really postpone the games though. It's you the really can't. You need you need yeah. a winner. You need to move on. You can't just completely torch the entire postseason schedule by going, well, we can't really play these games. What if you postpone it until Tuesday or Wednesday, and then the winner has to play on three days rest in a postseason game the next week? It doesn't really work. I I think the worst-case scenario for the NFL, if if the weather was truly impassable in Buffalo, like people couldn't get to the game, 
you probably would have to offer like refunds for tickets, but you still would play the game. You'd need the players to show up and staff to clear the snow as much as you can. I mean, there's a playoff game on Monday, so if the weather was going to be better, technically you could do a Monday doubleheader at the same time. But, you know, they lose out on a lot of ratings. I mean, there's a reason why playoff games don't overlap. They want everybody to watch every single one of them. They don't want you. you yeah, know, well, it, Monday split is them a up. holiday. They could play that game the stagger. Well, early in the day. Yeah. I mean, Has a game ever, an NFL game ever been like snowed out or colded out? Colded it out. I don't think so. I mean, there's been some historically frigid games. Chargers playoff game. Um, but we're talking like Cincinnati, people literally can't get to the stadium. Ice Bowl. But in terms of like, was there ever a game so cold they canceled? I don't think I don't there think so. ever was. I mean, the football is a game of elements, and they've played them in the elements. Unless there's like lightning, and then they have to stop the game. Yeah, the until lightning it passes. Stopped. There's been stadiums like Qualcomm Stadium flooded, or when uh, we had the fires and they couldn't play here because of you know, they were using it as an evacuation area, so they had to move the game to Arizona. So there certainly have been weather related alterations to NFL schedules before, but like a playoff game just because it's too cold, I don't think they've ever canceled one for that reason. I, uh, you know, the older I get, the young me would have, have braved all of the elements. The old me, no. I will. I would watch from my home. Um, it's really tough. I mean, it, we're so lucky here that rarely, rarely ever do we get, you know, a like we had the the rain delay on uh, on opening day, and everyone was it was like the end of the world. I mean, we just couldn't believe that it was actually happening. Dumping dumping rain on opening day uh, here. They don't have rainouts here, if ever. Uh, very 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 seldom. Um, we're very very lucky uh, to have our baseball team here, and and when the football team was here seven years ago today, by the way, Ben, uh, they left. So um, I don't keep track. No, no, it's not on your calendar or anything like that. But. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. I know it makes for good viewing. It's fun to watch games like that. When you can barely see anything and the wind is whipping around it and is. snow is falling. Very, snow games are always snow games are, great it, it, to watch from the comfort of your living room. 100%. But would you, like if you're, if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan and you live in, in Kansas City and they're saying, hey man, could be, could be as cold as negative five uh, with a wind chill of minus 30, are you going to that game? Because you got to like get. I have tickets. You got tickets, and you're a huge Chiefs fan. It's going to be minus thirty. It's going to feel minus thirty. You got. You know, you got to get there, and then you got to sit outside and and. I do think that. if I'm a huge Chiefs fan, I've seen plenty of. That, really I was just going to say that. Yeah. Last five but years. let's say you're a let's uh, let's if, say like it's Detroit, like the Lions, and obviously yeah. the Lions play inside, but it's like your first playoff game in thirty years, and you're finally getting a home game. I'm brave in the snow. I want to go and I want to be there. I asked the question in Woods. Let's say the Padres, Game 7 of the World Series, and it's somewhere freezing. And I know they wouldn't play it if it was 10 below wind chill for a baseball game, but if they did, would you brave it? Or you have tickets, or would you just give it up and watch it from home? It's Game 7. Yeah. You've got tickets for Game 7, but you're going to be miserable there. Well, I mean, so honestly, cool. hey, this think about this as a strategy. Watch it from a warm bar for the first few innings. See how the game's going, <laughs> and if you have a shot, get your ass into the stadium. And you're like, all right, well, I can I can tough it out for five. You're up five to one, five in the one in the inning. fourth. You're like, all right, I'm going to the game. If you're six nothing in the first, you're like, fine, I'm just going to stay warm. Or would do you, 
What if you what if you're at that game and the the opposing team scores six runs in the first inning? You walking? <laughs> it's game seven. Like anything can happen. I don't know, man. I really I don't like the cold. I do not. I've lived it. I've lived in the some of the I mean, you're the person places. who uh listened to Jake Cronenworth's big hit over the Dodgers. No, I saw it. I saw it at well, home. Well you were already home. But I was home. Yeah. I heard mm-hmm. Hassan Kim's double. Yeah. I left the stadium. <laughs> See, I was still there. I would not trade that. You didn't leave because of the rain. No, I left, left because, because it was late. No, I left because, uh, well, we had a sitter, number one, and Hannah was getting very mad at me because I was losing my mind, screaming at uh, the people and the TV and everything. She's like, you're going to get killed. Let's go. <laughs> Fine. We'll watch this. And uh, we heard the whole thing, and it was great. I, I couldn't. I wouldn't trade that either. I was running around the house in my... Boxer briefs when he got that hit. It was amazing. <laughs> Let's briefly talk, and uh, we'll talk more Padres coming up at 9 o'clock with A.J. Cashavell, but uh, the eating of fruit yesterday. Um, you got actually, you, you got called out by our boss. Not called the, out, praised. Like praised, yeah, yeah, called out in a good way. For the video you posted of yourself eating a banana. I was inspired by, um, can you play his audio Pauly, the oh, fir- was there audio? I thought it was just a. I well, thought there's, it was just video. Well, if you want to hear somebody eating and slurping an orange, that's what Fernando Tatis Jr. did yesterday. He was walking uh, somewhere and he was enjoying himself a nice, fresh orange right off the tree, and it. You know, he knew what he was doing. I didn't know what he was doing. I, can you sexy. explain to me? Yeah, he's being sexy. That was. Oh, is that what it was? Oh, yeah. And he knew. <laughs> And he uh, had the, the, the tag that said, que rico, which means, uh, oh, how delicious. And he was walking and had his shirt, you know, buttoned down and looking at the camera and just <laughs> eating and sucking on his orange. I don't actually find chewing noises to be sexy, it's, especially your chewing noises. It is my wife's number one pet peeve. It makes, she has that thing. It's a, it's a real disorder. You, she, can't, she can't sit at a table with us as the, me and the kids and eat. She has to stand in the kitchen. It's difficult for her. She has that. It's not a disease, but she has that <laughs> affliction. Chewing noises. Yeah. Like and it, so then you posted her. a video of yourself. So I was inspired. I said, I looked around the kitchen. I watched the video. I laughed because all the, listen, all the uh, female Fernando Tatis Jr. fans are like, oh, my God, I've never wanted to be an orange so bad in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in the kitchen, and I'm looking around. I go, well, we have grapes. Well, that's weird. So I'm just, I'm loudly eating a banana. <laughs> it creeps me out. Oh, it really does. Gnarly. Maybe yeah, I, I did some it on of what purpose. Hannah has. I did it, I did it on purpose. But honestly. so did Fernando's. Yeah, it's, so did he. I just don't love he that sound. He, he knew what he was doing. If I, Now, lit, if I had an orange, I would have done the orange. No, oranges have juices. Yeah. The bananas do not. <laughs> they have strings on the side of them. Banana so, noises. Yeah. So I did that. Just doing a little fun bit. Just I was inspired. He's in, he inspires me as well. Are we actually actively trying to turn off listeners with football picks and, and chewing, chewing noises? Yeah. Is that me? Is that me? No, oh, that's me. you. Yeah, banana. That's all I had. That's the only fruit I had in the in the kitchen. So uh, it was really it was uh, it was a fun one. That's me drinking my coffee out of a straw. <laughs> There we go. A little ASMR action. But, uh, yeah, Michael, take you. He goes, I love this. So creative. Thank you. Thank you. 
so creative. So creative. You have everyone fooled, don't you? <laughs> I do. I do. That was so good. No, Bean says I need to eat a bean for that. Absolutely not. I murdered that. I murdered that video yesterday. Um, so that was fun. That was fun. I still don't get it. But that's what do you why. mean you don't get it? I don't get the posting of yourself eating an orange. I get you what you did. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just I don't get the original, like, what inspired Fernando Tatis Jr. I'm eating an orange. You know what? People will want to see this. You don't think that... I mean, go look at the... Go look at the quote tweets from every female in the audience. They were like, oh, my God. I mean, they couldn't control themselves. They could not control themselves. They were like, the guy, he's a sex symbol, right? So, yeah, makes sense. Women everywhere, Ben. Yeah. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. Miley says women get it, Ben. It's not for you to get. Fair enough. In your mind, your analytical mind goes, why would anyone want to see anybody eating an orange? Or really anything. But for him, he's like, watch this, guys. And every woman was like, arr, arr, arr. so I mean, that's what you do. Yeah, JH said, listening to someone eat a banana is one of the most disgusting noises it ever. It's true. You're not wrong. It's part of the reason I did it. I also didn't have any other fruit in the house. A plum would have been really good. You hear me try to slurp a dry banana? There's just that slight stickiness that yeah, I can hear. Yeah. It's just so gnarly. It turns me off, especially. I don't, I don't even like I don't even like bananas all that much, too. So it wasn't my favorite uh, bit to do, but sometimes you have to do it. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, uh, tiny news. Just a tidbit of information about the Padres catching core that uh, you shared this morning. Uh, We'll get to that coming up. Let's take a quick break. AJ Cassaville at 9 o'clock, so more Padres talk. Coming up with Ben and Woods after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on and podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A uh, very happy birthday to the lefty himself, the great Randy Jones. Benjamin, I love love him too. I love you too, Polly. (laughs) He's the best, man. What are you going to throw one effing strike all week? He'll be out there next week. I'll see him. Yeah, buddy, you will see him. Looking forward to seeing RJ. Happy Happy birthday, birthday, Randy. Congratulations to Xander Bogarts, who was named the number three shortstop in all of baseball yesterday on MLB Now's top 10 shortstops list. Weird. Behind Corey Seager and Francisco Lindor, just ahead of uh, Dansby Swanson and Trey Turner. Okay. Rounding out the top five. So, Who else had a birthday today? Let's find out. Birth, we're doing birthdays. <laughs> and Sharing of birthdays. Well, it's also National Curried Chicken Day, as well as Randy Jones's birthday. Fair enough. It's also Work Harder Day. Which I don't think we're really doing, unfortunately. It's Friday, man. We do what we want. And Joe Musgrove's favorite holiday, National Kettlebell Kettlebell Day. Day. I saw that. Howard Stern's 70th birthday. Oh, yes, yes. Rob Zombie turned 59. Jeff Bezos turned 60. Rush Limbaugh. Kirstie Alley. She's still alive? Uh, No. Oh. She passed away in 22. That's right. Rest in peace. Do we think uh, Xander Bogarts is a little overrated at number three right now, or does that feel correct to you? I don't know. I don't really care about those lists, as you know. I, oh. the, 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 the arbitrary like ranking of a shortstop. Um, who's below him? Dansby Swanson, Trey Turner, Bo Bichette. No, below him. Oh, like above him. Below him. He's three. Yeah. He who's you. below him? Who's four, Who, five, six, that, seven, eight, nine, Dansby ten? Dansby Swanson, Trey Turner, Bo Bichette. Four, five, six. Carlos Correa, seven. Willie Adamas, Bobby Witt Jr., J.P. Crawford. All right, top ten. I think about. <clears throat> I think about which of those guys I would re- I would rather have Bobby Witt Jr. just because he's infinitely younger and and right cheaper. now, right now, though. this yeah. is the right now list. He's younger I, and more controllable. I think Trey Turner Trey is Turner's... the one that feels a little underranked right now. At five, he could be higher. Who do you yeah. want for twenty twenty four right now? Trey Turner or Xander Bogarts? Turner, maybe. That's yeah. why I feel like he might be a little underrated. More, more. I think more com- complete player. Yeah, than Xander. I like I like Xander a lot. I He's do. a really good slider. I like his He's, slides. His slides are electric. <laughs> they are good. All right. Um, there was some chatter yesterday that the Padres may still be interested in re-signing Gary Sanchez. Which first thing you think of? Well, they've kind of taken care of their catching core. They've got Campusano. They've already named him essentially the starter. Picked up Kyle Higashioka as his backup. Why are you still interested in perhaps paying for Gary Sanchez when you have a limited budget and other 
areas of need to fill. But one of the areas the Padres need to fill is is a designated hitter going forward, and Sanchez certainly did a great job in that role as well last year for the Padres and had a lot of success when he came over to San Diego. I can I can certainly see why there would be some mutual interest between the Padres and Gary Sanchez extending that relationship. The question, of course, is what's the appropriate figure to pay Gary Sanchez, a player who was had was acquired for nothing last year, was given up on by multiple organizations, and then blossomed with the Padres. Do you get to pay a little bit less because he blossomed with you, or are you basically starting at scratch and and having to pay whatever the going market rate is now for Gary Sanchez, whatever that is, to bring him back, even if you're not going to really give him a lot of innings behind the plate? Yeah, and and I don't know. I mean, with injuries and things like that, if Gary, let's say this, I don't know what the market is for Gary Sanchez, but you're okay if you go into camp with two healthy catchers and Brett Sullivan and the other litany, uh, A.J. Casville, who's coming on in a little while, just wrote an, uh, an article about all of the catchers uh, the Padres have. And uh, listen, if Camposano and and Higgy are your catchers moving forward and they come out of spring training healthy, you're fine. You're fine to wait. Gary Sanchez may still be there. I don't know what the market is for a Gary Sanchez right now. I don't, I don't know how many people are knocking down the door. Probably encouraged by what they saw with the Padres, but there's a there's a decent chance he could be unsigned then. Could he play first base in a pinch? I don't know, man. If, I don't if know. you needed him over there, would you still be interested in talking to Garrett Cooper, <laughs> who remains a free agent, and bringing him back? Not at particularly. Some point he was okay. As a designated hitter and a guy who can play first base. You could platoon him with Cronenworth at first. You could. I mean, or know. if there's, you know, if Manny's not ready to play the infield, you got Kim at third to start the season. Yep. Crony at second. You need a first baseman. Yep, fine. Uh, with that. You could you could bring Cooper back and and have him there, uh, and then he goes into a designated hitter role later in the season. Or as we talked about earlier this week, you at some point could trade Hassan Kim and move Cronenworth back to second. Then you need a full time first baseman to be in that position. And the Padres certainly don't have. Any other full-time first base options right now on their roster? No, and and A.J. Caswell, that was his latest uh, piece, and we'll discuss it with him uh, in 30 minutes when he comes on the show, talking about who who will play first base, who should play first base. And his verdict, essentially, is, look, he's probably, Cronenworth is probably your first baseman for now, as the roster stands. Everybody says, so easy to go out and find a first baseman. I would love to see it. There is um, the argument is of course Cronenworth's numbers at second base make him a premium guy there, and his numbers at first base make him a you know kind of not not quite up to the snuff offensively. I don't a hundred percent subscribe to that. You have nine players that bat, and you can put them wherever you want, and they will produce what they produce, and it doesn't really matter what position they're playing. It only matters how much they actually produce at home plate. And if you can if you can put together an offense that gets you enough runs to win games, doesn't matter if your first baseman happens to be a little above average or below average the other first baseman or your second baseman is way better than the other ones. It's a, about the sum total of what you put together on your offense. Well, this sums it up pretty good. He says when he plays first base, Cronenworth is an average hitter who doesn't bring much defensive value. When he plays second, he's an above-average hitter who was a Gold Glove finalist in his last full season there in 2022. I, I do understand the value. Um, I do understand, you know, wanting 
a more premium. Like, put your player where they can be a more premium player. Jake Cronenworth is, is better at second base than he is well, that's at first. Well, pre- that's, that's under the presumption that you can then find a first Correct. baseman who can replace the offense that you're losing when you move Jake over to second. Should be a little bit easier to do that, I agree. But ultimately, you again, you're getting nine, you're nine batters every game. And the goal is to put together the best combination of nine batters. And the goal defensively is to put together your best combination of nine fielders. And what you're trying to do is get the best sum total of all of it. And it doesn't really matter what you're getting from where if you're getting to where you want to get to offensively. So Jake is going to be Jake, whether he's playing first or second base. You see what I'm saying there? Yeah, I do. I do, but you know you're you're then costing yourself. You're you're kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul by playing a guy out of position that makes a certain amount of money that's not as good there when you could have a better player. If you to, had a better, you player, had a better there, player, but they don't have the better player right now. Like let's say Jake has a not great year, bats two twenty and hits twelve home runs. Out of 15 National League teams, if he's at second base, that doesn't look as bad. Right. If he's at first base, that's 15th out of 15th of NL first baseman. My argument is always like, why why Jeff Kent is not a Hall of Famer? People will go, man, for a second baseman, that guy put up incredible offensive numbers. Yeah, but he wasn't. Wasn't a great second baseman, right. you know. You can't just comp- say because he played second base, all of a sudden his numbers are <laughs> worth more. No, he didn't play great second base, so his numbers aren't worth more. He was a good offensive player, but not a Hall of Famer in any stretch of the imagination. It doesn't matter what you're playing in the field; it matters what you're doing at the plate when you're evaluating his offensive numbers. Uh, Brock says, "Any first baseman in AAA? Uh, no, I mean, no. And, and AJ just just uh, AJ Caswell talked about." On the 40-man right now, the guys that could potentially play first base are Jake Cronenworth, potentially Matthew Batten, and Luis Camposano. So it's not; it doesn't look great right now. Obviously, Camposano's going to be getting the bulk of his innings Camposano behind the plate. Camposano is interesting if he can do it. But but he's, he's if, you, if you sign Sanchez... If right. you sign Sanchez and Higashioka, and that's your bridge to Ethan Salas, who you hope is your catcher of your future... I hate this. But you can't. You're not starting Kyle Higashioka every day, so you can no. play Luis Camposano at first, at first base. base. No. Exactly. That really is the paying. That conversation happens only if and only you sign Gary Sanchez. Yeah, that's the borrowing from Peter to pay Paul on that one. That yeah. is that does make any sense at all. You, you know, unless you sign Gary Sanchez, Luis Camposano has to be behind the plate. Yes. Yeah, agree. I thought that was clear. Okay, it's only contingent on if you signed Gary Sanchez. All right, you heard a little bit earlier. We have some more cuts from Mike Schilt in the interview that. Uh, did with Annie and Elston yesterday, including, I think, some interesting comments about the farm system, which uh, he has a much better knowledge of than Bob Melvin ever did. Bob Melvin was not that concerned with what was going down in the minor leagues with the Padres, but Mike Schilt absolutely is. As you said, was the organizational guy, and that means from the bottom all the way to the top. You know, Mike Schilt is going to make sure he knows yep. what's going on. Uh, so we'll hear a little bit more of that coming up next on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fam.
After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Yeah, yeah. And yo, Black, it's time. Word. Word is timing. It's time, man. All right, Begin. Yeah. Straight out the f***ing dungeons of rap. But fake don't make it back. I don't know how to start. Got to spend a little time yesterday on the golf course with one of our colleagues that I, I don't really think I've, I've hung out much with. He sat at our table at the Christmas party. You don't hang out with many colleagues really ever. And I got to I got to hang out with Matt Scraby. And I had a really good time. besides the two of us that you do hang out with. Yeah. Um, Good point. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, maybe I should do it more because we had a good time. Good. And if I'm being honest, so we were at the preview Farmers Insurance Open preview day. And if I'm being honest, I think he actually beat me, which was very impressive. He started out on fire. Now, he was playing a couple of tees up from where I was playing. You played the back tees. I played the back tees, test myself at Tory, and the rough was nasty. I mean, nasty. Always is. I uh, I lost a ball barely off the fairway and couldn't find it in the rough. It was that deep. But he made an incredible up and down par on the first hole, which is the toughest starting hole out you, there. Uh, the South Matt's course. Shot by shot with Matt Scraby. No, round and yesterday. then on the second hole he drove the green right on now? the par four Sounds and like had an eagle putt. I know we're uh, uh, light. I'd rather just do our NFL picks again. Right. I'm not. I'm just saying I had had a good time and he impressed me. You said that, but then you started doing shot by shot. His round. Do you want me to continue? How well, did you? Third hole, he was just off the back of the green. Don't think he got that one up and down for par, but still, it was a nice. It was a nice tee shot. CBS Sports Radio and just hit the road. I was just trying to make the, a nice point that I enjoyed myself with a colleague. I wish I could have played the whole round, but I, I had to get to work and I so had to leave after eleven holes. If you've ever, I think I've told this story before, but if you ever play golf with Ben, my dad said on Thanksgiving, "It's cool you guys like go out and play golf together, and and you, like you can talk about the show." I go, "There's no talking about the show. All he does is focus one hundred percent on golf. Is that a seven iron? I hit a seven iron. I pulled, tried to hit a little draw in it. I just I lift that putt out. I'm like, there's no other. You just get." <laughs> Focus. I, I would. I would never. If we played around, I would ne- re- never remember what you did on one, two, or three. It's a. It's a, a quirk. I'm pretty good at remembering what everybody in the group did yes. on every hole. Yeah, you're very good. <laughs> yeah, like a watchdog. But I feel like you're supposed to focus on the activity. What hole did I eagle at Aviara 
Oh, yeah. Uh, that was the eighth hole, the eighth par hole. five downhill. Mother Second ever. shot over the water. <laughs> Good you Lord. were going to hit an iron and lay up. I talked you into hitting your hybrid, and he which smoked you it. smoked onto the green. It took a nice landed in the middle and then caught the slope <laughs> and rolled to the right and came back and stopped no, about what? Stop. Like okay. three feet from the point. hole. It's just unbelievable. I didn't want to hear about Scraby's round. I don't want to hear no. about my own round. Jeter said we're hating on Scraby. We're not, not hating on Scraby at all. I'm hating on Ben. I'm ha- we're hating on Ben. Straight up. This is all solely on Ben. He's just a lunatic. <laughs> he does. He's got a memory. I don't care if you were paired with Tiger freaking Woods yesterday. <laughs> He's got a memory like a steel trap when it comes to golf. That is for sure. But that is so good. anyway, I know Woods has been sh- trying to beat me for years. Yeah, Scraby did it first first try. Well, yeah. you didn't finish the no, round. You're playing different teams. Usually I finish strong. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't be go down in the official record books, but yeah, I was impressed. And he said, I have not driven this boy well ever. And I just, Feels Nice good. job out there. Feels good when, you, when you're hitting Scraby. the driver. I also gave him a little bit of the business for taking his fourth show off. After he started his new show this week, oh, and did, I didn't think and did about three that. days. He took a vacation day and was off yesterday from the, the Gwen and Chris and his own show. So Ooh. three days into the new show, it's time for a vacation. Three days on, you know I can respect that. What? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> now that's the story you should have led with. That's the, that's that's brilliant. much more interesting. So did they? So Gwen and Chris must be like. Really? Yeah, they had Italian Paul in yesterday while Scravey was playing golf, and he wanted to play the whole round, so he took a vacation day. Okay, so he could enjoy well, himself and finish the round. I would have just not. I would have just not showed guys. up to work. <laughs> I would have played early because <laughs> oh we God. were invited to play yesterday as well. But I'm like, dude, I got to do laundry. I got to pack. I had a massage. I wasn't feeling great, but <laughs> you got a massage. I got a massage. Hour and a half. Be- Important business for what? Got to get my body right. I guess you are going to fantasy yeah, camp. Got to get my. You don't want right. to pull something. No. That was amazing. All right. Uh, we're going to hear a little more of the audio from Mike Schilt in his appearance on Annie and Elston. We'll do that after a check of traffic here on 97 Through the Fan. Uh, we were talking about Fernando Tatis Jr. eating an orange earlier. I also had some nice comments about Mike Schilt uh, in that piece in the UT. Very nice. Uh, about feels like you know, he's the right guy for the Padres uh, as manager right now. That he's, he saw what went wrong and feels like, yeah, he's the guy who can come in here and help us get... Back on track. I'm sure that was good for Mike Schilt to hear. Now, I doubt many of the players are going to say bad things about a manager who is yet to, you know, skipper a, a full game yet. So you're going to probably get glowing comments. But when Mike Schilt appeared on the Annie and Elston show yesterday, they asked him what he has been hearing uh, from the players as he's gone around and visited with some of them so far. Well, a couple of things to unpack there. First of all, I just want to represent that while I have spoken to some of the bigger names of, you know, that are, our, you know, cornerstones of the organization, you know, I have spoken to pretty much everybody on our, on our club, 40 man. So, um, you know, I've been able to hear everything because the collective leadership and everybody's voice is important to, to hear. So just want to make sure that's been represented correctly. Um, you know, listen, I think everybody's got their own take on, on what happened. I don't think there's clearly no one that's pleased about it. Um, I think the best term I could say is it's a, it's a group that's hungry, um, but also a group that's, you know, learned, reflected, but is also really excited about moving forward and, and um, ready to take care of business in 2024. Yeah, it's tough, too, because you don't want to belabor the point of everything that happened last year. You don't want to beat it into the ground if you're a media member, if you're a fan, if you're a uh, player. You just don't – if you had a bad year in 2023, no matter what you do for a living, 
you don't want to sit there on you know in March and go, God, man, that oh, I just can't get over how bad I was last June on the air. Like I can't. It doesn't do you any good now. You're you saying do, flush it. Yeah, well, but I mean, you I, do need to learn as, from. Yeah, it. as a fan, I kind of, I kind of like that it's sticking in their craw a little bit. No question. From like, last, what happened last year? No question. And that should, that should dictate how they prepare. It should dictate how they focus. It should dictate a lot of stuff for them. But you know, I, I think about when we go out there at spring training. I don't want every first question to be so. What happened last year? That was, I mean, but you also can't just gloss over it and say, all right, clean slate for everybody. There's, it's a fine line between using that, you know, it's my favorite phrase in sports. You win or you learn. Okay. So what did you learn that's going to help you win? You don't lose, you learn. So what are you going to do different? That's a, Think I think a better way to ask it. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's been any consensus on what caused last year's problems. There's no there's no evidence that shows they lacked preparation or that they lacked focus. We know they lacked some execution, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they were overconfident. Were they underconfident? Is it was it different guys being different things? I don't know that you can just write and go, here's what went wrong in 2023. Let's not put it on a bulletin board and say, let's not do this again in 2024. The answer to that question is very complex. What went wrong for the Padres in 2023? And sounds like Mike Schilt is the kind of guy who doesn't mind digging into a complex baseball problem and trying to tackle it. And it's not necessarily a, a one-size-fits-all solution to figure out, you know, how to improve the Padres in 2024. No, I mean, you know, you could say, like, it would be great to be able to just pinpoint one thing or one guy or whatever. We and do that in the media a lot because, we do. you know, narratives are, are fun to talk about and kind of the easy way to go. But it's rarely so simple as, oh, yeah, Padres just weren't focused enough. And if we're more focused this year, we'll do better. Nah, it doesn't work that way. It's yeah. baseball. Yeah, it, it's baseball. It's completely, it's completely uh, unpredictable. And I will say though, I mean, some of the things that I pointed to were a lot of weird comments early in the season, even in spring training, about well, this is what I want to do, and blah blah blah, and I have to hit here. You know, Soto talked about it. Sander talked about it. Manny's talked about it before. You know, I'd rather do this. I'd rather do that. I won't do this. I won't do that. Um, those are things that you can point to and say, well, that's a that's not the team first attitude that I think everyone's you can, looking for. But you can't you, you can't, can't accuse it. any of them of saying, and then once they had to do that, none of them tried. Correct. Because I didn't see that any of them complained when no. they had to hit second or whatever. No. They went out and did the best that they could in those situations. But they certainly did make their wishes known and yeah. expressed early in the season. For sure. For sure, and and you know some weird comments throughout the year. We've talked about them. We've beaten that dead horse. Um, and again, it, it's over. You can't do anything about last year. The only thing you can do is make sure it doesn't happen again. You know, um, and and try to try to figure out a way to scratch some of those, change the narrative on some of those one run games early. I mean, that you know we asked we asked Skip Schumacher, how do you do that? How do you go into this year after? a season like last year, he goes, oh, it's pretty easy. Win some of those games early, like we did, and then that was the narrative for us. We're going to win the close games. I think the toughest thing is baseball will always be a game of failure, so 
You need the Padres to hit better with runners in scoring position. Even if they hit 300 with runners in scoring position, they're still making it out seven out of ten times. You can't let those failures instantly remind you of what happened last year. Just because because it's going to happen again. You're going to have failures throughout the season in, in clutch Bro, situations. If they leave runners on in the sixth and seventh innings of game one, Everyone it, in San Diego's but they're going to. How does baseball not creep in? They're, but they're going to. It's baseball. If they go zero and three in one run games to start the yeah. season, if they win, <laughs> if they can't win more than two in a row, yeah, it's I a mean, creep April, in. Yeah, I mean, 100%. even in a five run rally, unless it ends with a, a home run to clear the bases every single time, you're always eventually leaving guys out sure. there. You know, so it always happens. You can't let it then remind you ago. Oh, here we go again because it's gonna. I mean, it's gonna easily go down that path. Uh, mentioned the minor leagues. Mike Schilt uh, spent a lot of time the last couple of years, especially with some of these double-A uh, guys who've been coming up and learning uh, personally. The Padres asked him about uh, his knowledge and what he's seen in the Padres farm system. Absolutely. I don't think there's any question. I think there's a fair amount of them. You know, Andy, I hesitate to really start to list them because the good news for the Padres organization and our fan base is, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, you know, it's a good system, you know, that's, um, you know, talk about going deep. That we have some guys that are coming um, and getting to us pretty, pretty, pretty quickly. Um, some more than others. So I hesitate timeline, um, and then some a group behind them. So you know, it's a good system um, that's starting to get some guys that are going to graduate to big league level. Um, you know, big league camp will be announced at some point relatively soon. I would imagine. Um, you know, next month or so. I'm not sure the timeline of that, but you know, that'll give an indication of who these some of these guys are. I think. Listen, I don't, you know, it's hard to, you know, <laughs> excuse me, really uh, mention any names, but the good news is there are guys on both sides of the ball, the, the position player and the pitching side that, that are getting there. And, you know, that they are to it is making sure that they're ready. Uh, I know the group's hungry and, and excited about the opportunity. And, and in some cases, I think there's guys that are going to be ready and, and also not rushing them too quickly. So there are going to be opportunities for guys in spring training to see what they can do and, I think there's going to be uh, opportunities on the roster for, for guys to get a chance to get some innings maybe and then also get us, get some at-bats. Uh, that was an A.J. Preller answer. It was. Kind of talked around a bit in circles without anything specific, using those minor leaguers right away. Yeah, but yes, some guys may come up and some guys may not, and some guys may be fast and some guys may be slow. Uh, didn't give us a lot of specific insight on the minor leagues, but he certainly is optimistic as probably most managers are about their minor league systems at this point. No, right. no doubt. Uh, finally, um, uh, the on finding an edge, basically, like um, you know, what what is the edge that the Padres are going to look for here in twenty twenty four? Well, it, it definitely helps. Um, you know, it, it look, we're always looking for an edge. You know, it's competition. We're looking to take everything that our opponent you know has, and and then internally look to give away nothing. You know, that's for me the ultimate description of competition. And so there's a lot of different ways you're able to do that. And the, and the analytic view of it, we call it our research development department, who is really tremendous. I really like the group a lot. Um, and it's using that as, as a tool. And the good news is, is I love the organizational philosophy of a, a very holistic way of approaching it. And, oh. you know, we just want to make sure we use all of our resources because we have a lot of them. And we have a lot of really quality baseball people in a lot of different departments, our pro scouting, our research development, of course, our staff, you know, our medical, our strength conditioning, sports science. And these are all wonderful departments that we are very, very 
blessed to have that, that do a really good job. And really the, the key to it is creating a sweet spot where it's, it's, it works in unison. Um, we're able to take the, the best of all of it. We're able to create clarity for our individual players and our, our collective team into how we're going to use it all. Um, because again, the, the great news is we have a lot of it. And the, but the wonderful challenge is, is how to put it all together and make it, like I say, simple and actionable and, and, and individual because each guy likes different things and likes to operate with different, you know, different way of thinking. So, you know, that's, that's another part of partnering with the player, but you know, that's the, really the, for me, the biggest part of the job is, is managing all that and making sure, you know, the left and the right knows what's going so we can, we can create again that sweet spot to allow us to compete the best way possible. That's the second time they've used holistic, Ben. This I like is that a, word. This is a new I buzzword like word. for the San Diego Padres, holistic. And uh, one thing I learned about Mike Schilt in reading the piece in the UT, which uh, applies to that you know, finding an edge mentality, is that Schilt has a history when he was manager in the minor leagues with the Cardinals. He likes to exploit opponents' weaknesses. Ooh. He is very aggressive when, like, I think Kevin Acey wrote, if an opposing pitcher is known to not hold runners well, he will attack, attack, attack. Not just the speedsters, but he wants everyone. We are running on this guy. If a team doesn't do something well, like they got a weak arm in right field, going to go first to third a ton. They are going to look for every weakness that they can find. I feel like every manager should do this. Yeah. (laughs) All the time. But but it requires, and this requires being – you know, open to that information that he calls it the research and development team gives you the analytics that can offer an insight into areas where you might have an advantage over other teams and then go ahead and use that. And, uh, you know, Schultz has been described as very um, intelligent. He uh, is very aware of what's going on at all times during the game. He will see these things and he will take strategies that will help his team exploit uh, areas where he thinks that they can take advantage of during games. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is this is something every manager should be doing uh, at a minimum. I'm, I'm interested to find out his, what did he call them uh, in his press conference? His non-negotiables. That's what I want to ask him uh, at spring training. I think it's kind of similar to that list. Probably the, the that list. list. Of four, you know, yep. throw strikes, um, execute offensively. Make those routine defensive plays play together. I think those are kind of his non-negotiables. I love maybe that. a few I, more. Yeah, I like having that. I mean, that's that's good to have for anybody. All right, good job, Annie and Elston, on your first interview with Mike Schilt. Knocks it out. You will board. have more Annie and Elston coming up in just over an hour. First, though, we'll be joined by our friend AJ Casavell from uh, MLB.com, covering the San Diego Padres, writing about the situation at first base with Jake Cronenworth and more. That is coming up. Next, last hour of the week here. Ben Woods, the 97.3 The Fan. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.